welcome everybody to the Robert John and the Rec podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band traveling the world, drinking local drinks, and eating local foods. And, I'm Warren. And, 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 and Melting and Faces. One more, one more. And Melting Faces. Okay, right. cool. Yes. I'm Warren. I'm Henry. And I'm Andrew. And I kind of okay. did that. <laughs> <laughs> Steve is off tonight. Steve, Steve is driving up to see uh, his parents for the week and hanging out with his family. So uh, Steve's not going to be here. Robert's having a little bit of technical difficulties. And it is Memorial Day today. It is Memorial Day. And I think Steve is still in traffic on the 5 freeway. So um, I know he's in the comments here. I hope you get up there as quick as you can. And traffic doesn't suck too bad because I saw your post earlier. And I know being bumper to bumper when you're going up that California freeway, it's like there's nothing out there. How can you have bumper to bumper traffic? But yeah, that sucks. Hopefully you get up there soon. Yeah, and it's Memorial Day weekend, so I hope everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend. And we had a pretty epic Memorial Day weekend ourselves up in Big Bear. We got to play for the Grill and Chill Barbecue Festival, which was super cool. Um, It's nice to get up to Big Bear during the summer because, obviously, there's there's no snow, and the weather up there is just beautiful. And when you tie in beers and barbecue and live music, it's kind of a win-win-win for everybody. What did you guys think of the uh, the barbecue festival this weekend? I had a great time. Uh, I thought it was really fun. Um, I had some uh, jalapeno popper tacos, which were really good. Um, I had those too. Did they put a jalapeno popper in the taco or how did that actually work? It was like a, so it wasn't an actual jalapeno popper. It was like a, a grilled jalapeno with like, um, I don't know what kind of cheese it was, but it was definitely like a, like some kind of cheese, like inside of the jalapeno Mm -hmm. and the jalapeno was like grilled on the, on like a skillet or something to where it was like, you know, like char grilled basically. It was super bomb. Like I love like grilled chili peppers are like so delicious always. And it had cheese in the middle of it. And then they like put like chicken on the taco with like, um, what is it? The cotija cheese and guacamole and some like light sour cream. It was really good. And I think the other thing that was cool about that is it was something that's unique on its own, but it was cool to have that at a barbecue festival because for the most part, everybody kind of has the same barbecue right. stuff, and it's fun to try something that's a little different. It's also nice for me because it's barbecue festivals are a little sketchy for me because not every place has chicken. And I also wasn't really in the mood for barbecue because it's kind of heavy regardless of what you get. Um, so it was great that there was a taco place because I could get something kind of on the lighter side, especially before we play. Like it's really, it's really rough if it's like an hour before you play and you eat a super heavy meal and your stomach is all, you know, loaded up with stuff and you're like, well, I guess I'm just going to, everything's slower, everything's slower and lazy and lugubrious. Yeah. I try not to eat too much either. Yeah. I did the opposite. I tried to find as much barbecue food as I could before we went on stage. Um, I think I had a 
I didn't get too much stuff. I got like a couple ribs. I think I was starving when I got there too. I like didn't mm-hmm. eat that much so I can get there and be hungry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found a couple ribs. I found some chicken, and then the lines ended up being pretty long, so I couldn't get yes. anything uh, that crazy. And uh, we ran into some old friends though there at Alasta Brewery. So Alasta, uh, I grew up with their head brewer being my friend's uh, stepdad and he used to have a uh, show on public access where I grew up called brewing with herb and it was on for 15 years before craft brewing even um, you know became a thing when I was in high school and then they opened up this brewery and this brewery has been doing great I was talking to them um, they've been doing beers for the band live so they're doing all these like uh, collaboration beers with bands. So the band Live, who had that Lightning Crashes song, they did a, a beer for them with their album cover on it, which was super cool. Nice. I think they're saying they're going to do a beer for the band Helmet. No one quote me on that because I don't think that document's signed yet, but <laughs> they've been starting to do a bunch of uh, band beer. So if you can find some uh, Alasta beer, if you're in SoCal, they make pretty awesome stuff. It was cool to see those guys again. Yeah, they had great beer. Another thing, speaking of beer, um, there were a lot of craft breweries there, and there were some really interesting beers that we got to try. And I think the top, the top three for me was the they had a Tom Yum beer that tasted like Tom Yum soup that was actually pretty good, um, not as horrible as the other stuff. We had the uh, what's it, the Insane Clown Posse beer that has like glitter. Yeah, they had like. Uh- yeah, it was so weird. So it had glitter in it, right? Like, if you put it in the sun there, you could see that there was glitter in it. Yeah. And I, yeah, ICP is insane clown posse for people who don't know that. Like, the juggalos and the people who paint their faces. And what were the flavors called? It was like blue balls and like. Yeah. You remember? I don't really remember. There was like a pink one, and, and they had these really weird names and. They were awful. I'm sorry. Those those beers were. I couldn't. The, one of them we actually like. We all took a sip and then we decided to just throw it away because it was so bad. One of them tastes <laughs> like salt and vinegar chips. Like it just tastes like vinegar. It was disgusting. And like I said, it tastes like licking someone's ball sack. That was the best. Uh, you know, <laughs> like Warren just jogged a mile and then t- like you know. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. It was a really bad taste. And there were other good beer companies there too, like like you said, Alasta Brewing and um, Stonehill. I think was another one we were hanging out with. And then it was cool. We got to see um, Bad to the Bone Barbecue, which is a uh, San Juan based barbecue um, that we are possibly going to be doing some events with in the future. It's cool to see them. And then oh, and then how do we not talk about that, about this? But while we were playing. Um, apparently somebody had a pig and they brought it on stage <laughs> and, uh, in the middle of the set, we like kind of, I got to hoist this pig. I got, I did like the Simba thing from the lion King. And it was just kind of ironic because the person had a pet pig at a barbecue festival. So it was kind of, uh, I don't know. It was funny. It was definitely something that has never happened before. I can't remember the pig's hilarious. name. Do you remember the pig's name? Little man. No. Little man. <laughs> She said little man. I remember she like wasn't bully decided maybe. She's like, oh, he's just little man. Yeah, that was pretty cool. 
was pretty funny yeah, too. We totally thought it was super weird. We did about five minutes of talking about how weird it is to bring a pig to a barbecue festival. <laughs> yeah, it's a little tra- traumatizing. The one thing I, I liked about the people up in Big Bear is, did you notice how many like animal, like everybody had a dog? Like there was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was a very like animal friendly crowd. I felt like there was a shit ton of dogs. Obviously, Amanda was running around like trying to pet every dog she could find. And I think there was, oh, and then we talked to a famous, uh, a famous basset hound or something that had like. Yeah, yeah, that was so weird. I can't remember what his <laughs> name is now. But we were talking to them about their basset hound. They're like, yeah, he has 15,000 followers or something like that. We're like, he's just a normal basset hound. Like, what's so special about him? And then, like, they're talking about how he gets recognized when he goes places. They're like, oh, this is Kirkland the basset hound or whatever. Or yeah. no, Cletus. His name is Cletus. Cletus. Yeah. Cletus the basset hound. So that was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, good time up in Big Bear. Um, that was pretty much it. We all did the same stuff. I don't know if you guys have any other noteworthy things that happened last uh, week. I mean, I went back down to Costa Mesa on Sunday um, while you guys stayed up there uh, to play at the Wayfair for our weekly uh, Sweet Relief Benefit uh, concert. It's kind of like a writer's round style thing, um, which was really fun. I got to play guitar for like eight different people. Um, nice. we actually did a, a Stevie wonder cover with our buddy, Elliot Lawrence, uh, which was super dope. We had a great time doing that. Um, and, uh, yeah, just like jammed and then, uh, did karaoke afterwards, which was cool. I sang my, you... my, my signature song. Yes, <laughs> of course you did. Which is, it is, uh, what you won't do for love by Bobby Caldwell. <laughs> oh yeah. It's my karaoke jam. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, another successful thing if you're if you're in uh, Orange County on a Sunday afternoon and you're looking to support a good cause, uh, come by the Wayfair. We're we are still full steam ahead with doing this thing every Sunday, um, and it always is going to feature uh, me playing guitar for our keyboard player Steve Majora, and sometimes doing some of my own material as well. And we always have a lot of really talented. Uh, songwriters and uh creators coming through and sometimes we have surprise guests pop in you know it's a lot of fun and uh, all the all the proceeds uh go toward the sweet relief musicians fund which goes towards helping you know musicians uh especially after the disastrous last year or so we've had um with the pandemic and whatnot so it just goes towards helping uh career musicians to kind of stay on their feet in um, these kind of uncertain times. Every Sunday at the Every Wayfair. Every Sunday at the Wayfair in Westside Costa Mesa. Yes. And speaking of the Wayfair, we are playing a show on June 12th at the Wayfair. We got Eric Roebuck opening the night. It's going to be a great time. We have not been back to the Wayfair in a long time. So we are planning on blowing the roof off. Uh, you definitely will want to go to that show. Um, and you can get tickets now and it'll probably sell out. So buy a hundred tickets now and then go to your scalper sites and sell them on your scalper sites. And I'm kidding. Don't do that. That's horrible, but do get tickets to the show. (laughs) So Wayfair rules, please come on out. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. And you know why Wayfair rules is not only do they have great live music, but they have great drinks, which segues into our next section of the night. What are we drinking? 
What are you yeah. drinking? Boo, boo, boo. Black bumper truck, bad man. Okay. We gotta get these little bumpers working. <laughs> That's the next step. I'm what surprised are you drinking? Steve hasn't Blaine. done that yet. <laughs> okay, I'll start it off. I have something brand new that I have not tried until this very moment. Um, it is liquid death. And me and Henry were talking about this earlier. I believe he's had this before. But really it like is water for anybody who is listening. The can looks like a tall can of something that would be like a beer. It even has writing and graphics that looks kind of like a beer, but it is actually a sparkling water. And um, their, their motto, their motto is murder your thirst. So um, this is their sparkling one. And it's actually really good for a canned water, which I don't think I mean, I guess I do drink canned water a lot because I drink a shit ton of bubbly water, so I can't say I don't drink canned water a lot. But it's really good. And uh, I have uh, one of my favorite comedians, Burt Kreischer. Uh, I watch his podcast a lot, and he's always talking about how he loves liquid death. So I figured I'd give it a shot, and uh, it's pretty good, especially after a weekend uh, up in Big Bear of drinking beers pretty much all day. Uh, it's nice to to drink some water and not drink a shit ton of beer tonight. So if you guys live in the States, go check out liquid death. It's not a beer. Murder your thirst. It's pretty damn good. What are you drinking, Henry? Uh, I'm just, I'm keeping it simple. And you know, I think uh, for the time being, this is working as a post work, uh, Monday night ritual. I work over in Costa Mesa. If you don't know at this record store that is owned by our good friend, Parker Macy. I work there Monday through Thursdays for slinging all sorts of groovy records all day. And um, on my route home, there just so happens to be my favorite chain Mexican restaurant, Holy Moly, on the way home. So I've just decided that's just what I do when I come home from work on Monday before the podcast. Is I go to Holy Moly, get my order, which is two tacos and a veggie bowl. And I get myself a Pacifico Tallboy. Dang. Dialed. I never had Holy Moly until I started playing in Long Beach. And do you like I it? I remember it over there. Uh, I probably haven't had it in like 10 years, to be honest. I don't even remember what they served there. I just remember their sign. It's like orange and blue, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Henry, I don't think... I can't hear Henry. Can you hear Henry, War? I cannot hear Henry if Henry is talking. Henry, you might have to rejoin. This is the stuff you don't get in the podcast you listen to. These are the uh, now? The real world difficulties. Can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah, Holy Moly is great. Uh, I love it. It's really good. Um, if anybody from Holy Moly is listening, please sponsor me. <laughs> I'll shout you out to the ends of the earth. It is amazing. It's so good. Awesome. What fast food place would you want to be sponsored by? If you could just like get their food oh. free for the rest of your life. I mean, aside, it's also limited to uh, where they exist. Right. That makes sense. Right. You know what I mean, so like if you get Del Taco, you get Del Taco, but then Del Tacos don't exist outside a certain. Uh, yeah, you're right, dude. Shoot. Then it, I'd probably have to go with um, uh, like Carl's Jr. Because. At they least, do have Carl's Juniors everywhere. They have Carl's Jr. or Hardee's pretty much everywhere. Either that or maybe Wendy's. Wendy's is pretty much like everywhere as well. Especially like, all the like, gas stations we stop in. 
but then if I if I if I was going to be limited to California anyways, I'd have to go with Holy Moly because their franchises have expanded vastly, and I think they have locations all over California now. If I'm not mistaken, didn't Denny's used to, on it? Didn't Denny's <laughs> used to do something or like IHOP used to do something where they like sponsored bands? Yes, yes. They did. And like, I don't know how it worked. Do you remember how it worked? Like, you could go there and I you do could remember hearing about band. that. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about that. Totally. They probably lost so much money on it. <laughs> they probably did. Like, probably I didn't know did. musicians could eat so much. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, that's what I'm drinking. I'm just drinking a Pacifico. But now that, uh, now that Mr. Robert John is in the room, what are you what? drinking, Mr. Oh, man. Leader, I am drinking water. Look at uh, you guys. I wasn't. I didn't realize this weekend got to me so much uh, until today. Uh, drinking water. <laughs> wow, I'm you on the same boat. Have, you guys must have had a had a, had some. Crazy I, I had I had the same weekend as everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, it just the, the the timing of tonight worked differently in my life for sure <laughs> so hey hey no judgment there man apologies no no judgment man it's all good is that the first time you've been dr- you've drinking water on the podcast probably actually uh you know first time for everything <laughs> nice you know i mean i i, I could probably figure out something no it's in fine the meantime but uh yeah um water how about you andrew what you got I got a grapefruit sparkling water. I'm on that same detox boat. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> if, if you saw the amount of stuff that we cleared yesterday, <laughs> you'd probably be more forgiving. And we drank a bunch of beer at the festival. And it, I went heavy yesterday. I got like a stout and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and it was the end of the festival. So they were kind of like giving more beer away because they didn't want to take it back with them. Oh, did you guys go back on Sunday? We did. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And then we went and got Mexican food and we were drinking margaritas that were like the size of my head. Oh my God. And then we went back and played poker after that. We're Jeez. drinking beers and, and you champagne. Guys talked, have you guys talked about <laughs> whoop dub dub yet? We did, but you can, up, us, yeah. okay. you can give us you can give us thoughts of, of what no, you thought. I, I have no, I have no thoughts because it was awful. Well, that's a thought. That's worth. I just want to make sure, make sure we talked about that. The glitter beer. Yeah, we it was did. horrible. I'm so uh, bad. I have my answer, Robert. We were talking about if you could be sponsored by a fast food company, and you're basically limited by all their locations, right? So. If it's Culver's or whatever, uh, Brahms, you can only get them in their locations. If it's in and out like, you know, once they stop making in and outs Yeah. Mine is Chipotle. Ooh, they don't have you. Chipotle everywhere, but they have it in every major city. And Chipotle always does not make me feel like crap after I eat it. I feel like slightly better after eating Chipotle. Whereas if I just ate Wendy's all day, so, so every day. Chipotle is off limits then? It would just make my... Huh? Chipotle's off limits then? I didn't say it's off limits. Oh, I said, oh, okay, I misunderstood then. No, I said that's what I would pick. Oh, I would totally pick Chipotle too then. Definitely. You picked Holy Moly already. Yeah, but that's only for California. <laughs> what do you mean? That was the question. That was the whole reason I posed the other version. Which was, <laughs> I said, you know, you can't pick it everywhere. It's limited to only its locations. You're like, I'm Holy Moly, I'm final mine. answer. 
<laughs> I'm changing mine. I want to mid. Yeah, I can. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> all right, all right. But you can't change it to my answer. <laughs> I didn't know that was an answer. I want to do it. Oh, what if I answer something different now? You're like, what do I want that one now, too? No, I want Chipotle now. I don't care what you want now. <laughs> Man, I mean, Chipotle sounds good right now. Yeah, Chipotle's great. I love Chipotle. But I mean, uh, as far as like a fast food, like you can pick throughout the country. That's a that's a. It tough doesn't even have decision. to be out, uh, throughout the country. Oh. It could be just in California, but that you only get to pick one. <sighs> I mean, I, I have to go Del Taco. For the rest of your life, Del Taco. Yeah, Del Taco. I mean, yeah. If I had to pick one for the rest of my life, at least they have them in like Oregon, Washington, and Arizona. So and Colorado. Yeah, at least we at least we got those states ready to go. You know, uh, that was probably going to be my second answer. The strong choice. I probably go to Del Taco at least once a week. Yeah, I used to, and I hope to do it again. One and they have a pretty days. big menu where you can like eat through a bunch of different stuff and not get bored. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. And get burgers and get chicken fingers now. Yep, that's weird get, though. That's, that's get weird. A, you can get a taco weird. with chicken fingers in it. You can get a burrito it's, with chicken fingers and guacamole in it. It's a weird. It's a weird thing to do though. It's I weird, did it because Steve, they they just started it, but it's yep. weird. It is weird. Uh, I don't, Steve's I don't in the chat. It. Steve, is your answer Del Taco too? <laughs> Steve's in the chat, but he's on, on here. <laughs> he thinks it was five, and it's like backed up. Del Definitely. <laughs> you do that other, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's your answer. <coughs> Starbucks an option. Starbucks is an option. Actually, I, I, I'll. Ooh, that's a not a bad choice. That, that's probably yeah. more. That's Henry probably wants to abandon more. his Chipotle. No, dude. <laughs> <Starbucks> <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. Chipotle that's has the more reasonable one. Chipotle probably go to has Starbucks. The burrito bowls, man. Hit the 152. Um, Chipotle also has beer. You can just use it as your bar true. if you needed to. It's true. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, they do. You know what would be a funny experiment? Is keep buying beers at Chipotle until they stop serving you. Like, how many beers would you have to buy? I think we can make a video. Yeah, that it's would like, be a really funny video. Robert's on the right goes to Chipotle and gets fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that would make a hilarious... Yeah, because they have to have rules, right? I, I'm going to get Randy on this, too. Or did you pick <laughs> you, a place already? I haven't. Uh, I'm not place, sure. Dude. You gotta I'm not pick sure one. what I would pick. I think based off the last time that we toured... I would probably pick Wendy's because I feel like at the gas stations we stopped at, that was the most prevalent thing. Um, but I mean, honestly, the thought of the thought of just eating fast food for every meal just sounds horrible. So it's like, I wouldn't yeah. even want to, I guess actually maybe I'm, I might pick Taco Bell because I feel like Taco Bell is something that, yeah. Can you find that on the East coast? Yes. Taco Bell exists. Yeah. yeah so but that's also, like another Warren, one. You never huh. even had Wendy's until we went on the road. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like, I've never Wendy's. been to Wendy's before. And we I remember said, when you what? had Wendy's for the first time and you had those, the, the, I, I told you about the two for five ridiculousness yeah. for the spicy chicken sandwich. And you were like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's cheaper to get two than it is to get one. I know. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. No, yeah, that, I do remember that. And, you know, there's probably a podcast that we've done that was right after that weekend. I remember we went to oh, Arizona. Yeah. But yeah, there's a couple fast food restaurants that I haven't gone to. Um, but 
I also haven't traveled a lot through the Midwest and the East Coast, like driving too much. So I wouldn't really know what to to like pick. I did really enjoy. Um, we have Brahms on our last tour. That was like one of those burger spots. We've had a couple good podcasts about good burger places and food throughout the Midwest. Anyway, I'm on a, a tangent here, but um, I'd probably do like Taco Bell or Wendy's or something. All right, t- Taco Bell then. Yeah, Taco Bell it is. That's right. a strong choice. I can't argue with that. Those Simple. Chicken I mean, those chicken chalupas, man. I mean, those yeah. are those are pretty addictive. I'm a I'm a Crunchwrap Supreme guy. I love yeah. the stop signs there. But again, just the thought of like, oh, you could go to t- Taco Bell whenever you wanted and get food for free just yeah. sounds like it sounds like the best thing in the world and also the worst thing in the world at the same it's time. Both. <laughs> so yeah. your toilet paper bill would be through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Well, it'd be on the road, so it'd be on somebody else's bill. <laughs> That's a good point. You hope so. Yeah, as, long you as, hope you, as long as you don't have a uh, Steve hot pickle incident from your Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, man. That's such a good story. And then get also appendicitis past, from it. Yeah. These stories are all on past podcasts, too. Right. So if you guys want to hear some of these, scroll through and find them. There's some They're classics. all there, man. They're all there. <laughs> all 94 of them. <laughs> Yes, precisely. Wrote a whole blog article about trying to drink a lot at Chipotle and see what their happy hour was. They said one Chipotle had a two drink minimum. That's funny. Two drink minimum. And then, uh, the other one, uh, yeah, it just says like you're still at a Chipotle though, which makes it super weird because you're next to families and other people <laughs> like drinking a bunch of beers. <laughs> Worth a try. Um, you know what oh, goes great right. with beers in Chipotle, though? Listening music. to music. Yes, it Nailed does. It. And um, to be honest with you, I kind of forgot about this segment until about 15 minutes ago. But <laughs> it is, it is Memorial what I, Day. You know what I realized today is? Today is May 31st. If you are in California or up to the Central Coast time zone. And you know what May thirty first is? It's 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 motherfucking John Bonham's birthday. Uh, oh, we yeah. should listen to some Led Zeppelin and talk about how awesome John Bonham is. Um, so I think that's what we're gonna do right now. I'm making that decision. It's gonna happen. Um, Love it. I picked out the song that I think of. Actually, a lot of people have their songs they think of when they think of John Bonham. For me, this is what I think of. This is probably a top five Zeppelin tune for me. Um, it's definitely an album track. I've probably played this in the van a hundred times already, so I will not be offended whatsoever if one of you wants to leave to go to the bathroom or get a drink or something. But more of this is just to provide context and talk about the impact of this man and his earth-shattering, groundbreaking drumming and sound. So uh, without further ado, here is Out on the Tiles by Led Zeppelin from their 1970 third album, Led Zeppelin Three.
Happy birthday, John Bonham. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, John Bonham. Indeed. <clears throat> what a uh, man. Just, I mean, I mean, the sound on that song, on that dr- the drum sound on that song in particular, that record, I just, I haven't been able to get over it. It's so, it just sounds so like clear and punchy and awesome and amazing. Yeah. And just and that. It- his power too. I think like the way he plays is like, there's just something about it that just clicks with like, he, he seems like one of those guys that like self mixes himself behind the kit before you even put a microphone up. So when you do put a microphone up, it just sounds amazing no matter like where you put it. He seemed to just have this instinctual like feel for like mixing himself and and things like that. Cause, cause the, the thing about, those recordings and i don't know what what the setup was for that recording in particular but all all the stuff i've heard is they were using like the glenn johns technique where there's only like you know three mics on the drum kit or something like three or four mics maybe so it's like you got to have like you know some serious skill and feel for that sort of stuff and maybe i'm wrong about that recording in particular but i feel like that's how you get that sound you know you you kind of get get that sound captured in a lot of those sort of early 70s stuff i hear that on um, a lot of recordings of the who as well. And they were users of that same, you know, miking technique on their drum tracks as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, those, that sound is, I think is, there's a reason why everybody tries to emulate that, that thing. And that Mm -hmm. why people still do that Glenn Johns thing, that three Mm -hmm. mics, 
I think it's a small diaphragm pointed at a large diaphragm condenser microphone or something like that. <clears throat> and if you really get into it, I know that they're probably on YouTube or you can download them, but they have the, um, they have the like isolated drum tracks or the outtakes of some of the stuff that he does. And it's cool to listen to just Bonham playing by himself because it's so musical. It's like, mm-hmm. damn, this is, I would just like listen to him just playing on his own. It's so cool. Well, and what's cool about some of those tracks too is like he was like he was like one of those dudes that would like yell. He'd like get into a fill, and you can hear him going like, "Yeah, <laughs> like who does that?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You can hear like Sorry, in, like I do that all the time. That's why. No, I'm I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> For people who wouldn't know. No, I. I anyways. <laughs> um, no, it's just I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like. Like pretty much everyone in this band, I guess, aside from Steve is a drummer or has played drums for a long time. And so I think, I think he's impacted me, you know, stylistically across the board for everything really, you know, just in the way that like, just that sound, you know, you hear the intro to good times, bad times for the first time, you know, you know, and it's like, Oh my God. This is yeah. the shit right here. The drum fill into the guitar break for a whole lot of love. You know, probably listened. I've probably listened to that a million times because I listened to the you know guitar solo because it was like one of the first big guitar solos I learned how to play. And it's just like, man, I just that's what that's what the rock. I don't know. That's what rock drums sound like to me in my head. I think of rock drums and I think of John Bonham. Oh yeah, me too. And I know that that's that's a big argument. Sure. Uh, between who is the the ideal rock drummer, but I would have to say without a doubt for me, it's got to be John Bonham too. Yeah. What do you think, Andrew? Uh, John Bonham is like so many drummers' favorite drummer. Yeah. And it's one of those things where uh, there's only so many people who get to like define a style, if that makes sense. There's only like one person who can really define the style. Cause after that, it's already sort of defined and you're chasing it, right? So, um, he, he just happened to be the most popular guy at the time with this vocabulary and just like knocked it out of the park. So you just get so many like different, every Zeppelin song is its own sort of creation. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like anything else a lot of the time. And so it's like, Oh, this isn't it. Whatever immigrant song or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's so different from whatever. Uh, um, I'm going to be so bad at, title names but like since i've been loving you or mm-hmm. like uh uh anything off of zeppelin one even even good times bad times is like such like a yeah it's such know, a unique what song what the fuck is that yeah they have they didn't write another song like that in their career after that a lot of times i feel like rock bands even uh, even funk bands or whatever they have like a formula kind of with with each album that fills the space of like oh this is the song that kind of sounds like that from the last album. And this is the song that sounds like that from the last album, blah, blah, blah. And Zeppelin kind of did that, but I feel like every single record was like, oh, this is a new sound entirely and a new groove, like a new thing that, that I mean, nobody's really heard yet. You know, you take like, uh, like the song we just listened to out on the tiles versus like no quarter or something of house of the Holy. And it's like, it's like, it, it almost sounds like a completely different band, but at the same time, it's that ubiquitous, that epic sound that they have and 
Don't plan it. One one thing I was looking at today, Michael Miley from uh, Rival Sons posted yeah, a video of John Bonham. It's like that. a really, really old one. Yeah. It's one of the, the older Zeppelin videos where they're all yeah. young. He's like and 20 It's really in that video. funny to look at Bonham's hand because they're mm. fucking gigantic. And they didn't have as big drumsticks back in those days because everyone was playing jazz. So there was no reason for these like big honking tree trunks of drumsticks. And so you see like jazz drumsticks in John Bonham's hands. And they look like he's twigs. It looks like he has a knife and fork in his hands. But it just shows you how big his hands were. They're, like, huge, you know what I mean? And you see him, like, playing these little things, you know, and getting this humongous sound out of this drum set. And it's, yeah, it's cool. It's, that's, that's yeah, there's funny. so much to unpack. But. That's funny that you say that about his hands, because I've never, I've never heard that his hands were big. But it makes so much sense in, like, like it's almost like if you if you were to like draw John Bonham as like a cartoon character by listening to his the way he plays, it's like you would almost have to draw him with big hands because that's yeah. just like part of that sound. It's like he's like punching through his instrument almost. Like that's a really that's a fun fact. I don't know about mm-hmm. that. Well, it's, well, it's um, like what it's what people say about like Hendrix, for example, too. Like he he had huge fucking hands too. And you can almost hear that in the sound. Like his guitar just always has this really like rich kind of, it sounds like it's like a gorilla trying to play a fiddle or something, you know, <laughs> it's, it's wild. The, the, the restraint, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to make that comparison too, really. Cause like Hendrix is one of those guys that defined all this stuff on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards there's just like a guy who plays like, an extension of Hendrix and just right. like really define his own thing or even someone mm-hmm. like a Tom Morello or something like, okay, I'm just going to use effects and that's going to be my sound. I'm really just going to define it over this. And every time someone uses a whammy pedal now, it's going to sound like Tom Morello just because he like used yeah. the shit out of that pedal, you know? Yep. So there's only so many people and you can't say that about anyone else in rage. Like Tom Morello has like the most defined sound in rage. Like no one knows, you know, whatever brad the drummer is an amazing drummer and uh can do many things but the one thing he's not doing it no one listens to a brad book drum track and goes oh that's brad or something like that mm-hmm. and you know even to a lesser extent like dave Grohl or something like that dave Grohl's just trying to be John Bonham, you know? right <laughs> you listen to uh, them crooked vultures and you go like right. well you know dave's doing a really yeah. good bottom impression right sure. not that he doesn't sound like him like his sound is also you know very recognizable right and yeah. uh, but it's like an, it's it's an extension of that world though and and it's like you were saying about the the guys that follow hendrix it's like there were a lot of those guys in the 70s um like say like a, a, a frank marino or or like robin trower even like eddie hazel from funkadelic to an extent that we're sort of like, but but it just goes to show how impactful those guys' sound were, you know, as like architects, uh, without really even realizing it. You know, they were just kind of doing their thing, and 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 it went on to like totally change the game, you know, and and literally just provide kind of the the archetype for you know a, a player's profile and and sort of the vocabulary and things like that. I don't know that anything like that's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the last person we had in that world is maybe a John Mayer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, love him or hate him. You know, right. I think he has a little bit of his own thing. And no, I love popular him. I love John Mayer. find it and carve that out. Right. Sure. And 
it's because there's less and less real people playing music on tracks. There's less and less of that personality coming through. So we might see it in the sense of like music production, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, this next rap or pop track is going to change the sound of music in a way, but you're never going to have that, like change the vocabulary of drumming or those things. Like even like a, when punk rock comes into fashion, all the kids want to play like as fast as they can or something like that, or just all, all those sorts of things. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to see that with instruments as much in the future with all the digital stuff that's going on. I just think it's going to be less and less common over time because even, even when you look at guys that are, you know, really pushing the boundaries technically, um, people that do like the math rock stuff, you can still hear influences from, all the guys that were doing stuff back in the sixties and seventies, like it all, it all comes from the, the sort of the first guys to like kind of win electric guitar and, you know, playing in the rock format, we're becoming popular. You can hear the, the branches, if you will, still extending out today. And that influence still, you know, coming through on people is just undeniable. Yeah. Well, and I think also like how you're saying, like, that's never going to happen again. It's, it's almost like, like rock stars, like real true rock stars. I feel like is something of like a kind of a thing of the past. It's like, mm. you know, like in a certain sort of way. And, and I, th- I was talking about this with somebody recently, but I was like, I'm so glad that like, uh, like Van Halen was this crazy cocaine, Jack <laughs> Daniels, right. like chicks, like, you know, yeah. just the crazy, like they the, just the lived things. it. They, they lived, lived it. it. It was like, that was like real. And it was like, yeah. thank God there was some, there were, there were people who were actually like, you know, that was actually like a thing. And, you know, I think as, as you get older, you realize that, you know, trying to make a sustainable living being in a band and drinking Jack Daniels, doing Coke every single night is obviously not good for you. So there's, <laughs> there's a threshold of when you have to stop, right. but at least there was like, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like when I have a kid, like, are there, is that going to be like, Oh man, you should have heard that this one, this one group was called like Van Halen. It's like, man, they used to like, you know, they used to have like a little like midget guy run out with a giant bottle of Jack on stage and they would pound it on stage. It's like, it's like almost like folklore. And it's like, at least I'm, I'm glad that existed. That was like an actual thing. Like, thank God there are, you know, (laughs) thank God there's like a drummer, like uh, what's his name from the who, who, passes out on his drums yeah Yeah, keith moon for you know eating too many horse tranquilizers or whatever it's like yeah fuck yeah like but at the same time it's like no shit like that's not a sustainable way of living or doing anything so like that has to come to an end at some point but yeah i don't know it's also because now we don't have to do that they already did it you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) you can't you can't get more excessive than that you can't go past that otherwise you're just gonna you're literally just gonna die like (laughs) like (laughs) it's a there's there's they set the bar and it's like that was it that was the era of excess was the 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 70s was just like everybody just going for it i'm gonna drink a thousand beers on stage (laughs) yeah and and play guitar with my feet while getting a lap dance from a stripper that's on fire. Yeah, I mean, but there was a that's a that, that's a different realm. Yeah. Of of yeah. what rock and roll was at the time. I mean, if, well, because it was you, the thing. It was the fad back then, right? It, yeah. It, it, it's not to say that rock music isn't good anymore. It's or, or anything like that. Like, there's tons of great rock music being made today, but 
But at that time, it was so fresh and exciting and new. And it was like right around that early 70s period, everybody was into like the heavy blues influenced rock thing. That was just like the big thing then. And pretty much ubiquitous throughout the rest of that decade basically was just like that was it. Like the being in a rock band and making records and touring and getting a bunch of girls was just the thing. It was like the, the apex of like, your existence <laughs> yeah. in that in that time was just like if you can be in a rock band and tour like you win like you're just you were at the apex of society in that era you know yeah and it's 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 just cool to reflect on um obviously uh, you know the the notes of that stuff is still so impactful today and and amazing and uh oh just great just great stuff to reflect <laughs> on so good and powerful and uh it was, it was dangerous right it was it was like there was this energy of danger about it that was just like man you listen to like uh like the rolling stones exile on main street you're like man these guys could just like die <laughs> in the middle of recording this that's what this yeah. record sounds like it sounds like these guys are like on the verge of dying <laughs> constantly throughout it's like dangerous man and that's yeah. part of the that's part of the i think part of the appeal of it you know like being on a roller coaster. Yeah, I think you're right. Like sure. set, the, set the bar this high, and and whoever happened to cross above it is probably not alive anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the era of excess. It's a fun fact. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yep. Okay, cool. It's a fun fact to talk about now. Bonham died when he was yep. 32. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Which I'm about to be 34. What the fuck have I done with my life? No kidding, but uh, no, it really is like holy crap! Like what these kids did, and right, you know, however many years, even like the Beatles. When you think about the Beatles or like those sorts of things, you know, when they broke up, Paul McCartney was twenty eight, and like, <laughs> everybody else in the band was thirty. You know, like I'm as old as George Harrison was when the Beatles broke up. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's like those things aren't going to happen again like that. Right. You know. That is another interesting f- factor of that whole conversation is going not only of these crazy elaborate lives of, you know, doing unhealthy things and the rock star life, but also making masterpieces that would go on forever, factoring an age to that and going, Oh dude, these kids were like, they, young, yeah, they were babies. They were babies <laughs> when they made this dude. That's insane. It's, it's ridiculous. It's just, it, it's, it, it was a different time. It was like, like if you were twenty four, like 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 for example, like when Jimi Hendrix went went to England. I know I keep using Jimi Hendrix, but just because I know so much about um, his career. When he went to England, he was like twenty three or twenty four, and his management thought he was too old. <laughs> <laughs> They're like you're too old. People are gonna think you're too old to be a pop star. We have to lie about your age and pretend you're twenty. Wow. So they like fudged his birth year by like four years. They were like, oh, he was he's only twenty. I mean. They're doing that for us for September. So, <laughs> right. I mean, uh, did I say yeah. 26? Sorry, I'm 17. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just turned 21. <laughs> yeah. Great. Love it. Dude, how was your first beer? It was really good. Was it like a bit? It, how did it taste? It was really bitter. <laughs> it was a Bud Light. I stole it from my dad. Super hoppy. Yeah, really hoppy. Really hoppy. Yeah. I'm, if, I couldn't finish the whole thing. If Andrew's 21, that means I'm after. still like 20, so I haven't had my first beer yet. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm like 18. Henry's <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like 12. I'm 12. <laughs> Hello, I'm 12. <laughs> Anyways, we can't, you know, John Bonham. Yeah, like I said, he's every drummer's favorite drummer. It's like Jimi Hendrix being every guitar player's favorite guitar player, right, or right. it's just an undeniable, you know, uh, contribution to the art form. So, yeah, it's interesting well, and, too. And even well, even like oh, the ahead. things. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say like even even John Bonham's like uh, riffs, you know, or like the the licks in, in the drum right. world, um, or even things that like have gone throughout the history. I mean, like even like a Andrew taught me how to play one of the riffs from like, uh, like stairway to heaven a long time ago. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, like just, just what he did on the drums are these riffs that like, that like you would learn how to play a guitar riff, but they're drum riffs, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not like, it's not like, Oh, this guy just played this fill in a cool way. It's like, th those are like riffs on the drums yeah, that have been learned throughout these these years, and like, and those are like John Bonham's riffs, like on the drums. You know, it's like, yeah. I, and I remember to this day, like it, it is like a Stairway to Heaven thing, where it's just like, better to do, better to do, better to do, better to do. You know, like when like you yeah. do like, <laughs> yeah. the drums, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like the snare yeah. is the first part. You know, right? Um, but like those are things like for for being a drummer and being a a staple in that in that rock community having those riffs and having those, those lines being your kind of thing, you know, which is a, a huge thing, you know, I mean, it's like, just like Eddie Van Halen's guitar parts, you know, like, mm -hmm. like, like you, you, he's, cre he created his own. It's, it's like the pyramid. Almost. It's like the, the pyramids or something. <laughs> like you can't, at this point, it's like, those recordings aren't even that old in the grand scheme of things, but you can't, you can't imagine music as it is right now without those things. It's like the Declaration of Independence or the Pyramids or the uh, you know Machu Picchu or something. It's like this huge monument that's just like this is here. This is let you know this historically immensely significant contribution to yeah. music as a whole. And it's just that you can't imagine that there was a time where that didn't exist, and and, it, and there was. <laughs> yeah. Not even a hundred years old. I mean, yeah, it wasn't there, even that there's long great ago. drummers out there, you know, you know, Absolutely. there's great drummers out there, but I don't think Ender's ever taught me like a, like a, a Stuart Copeland riff, but they're out there, you know, right. like I got a couple of those. They're like, <laughs> yeah, but like they're, they're out there, but like, I think John Bonham's like the main guy of like having those like things that you hear and you're like, oh, okay, that, that's a Bonham riff. Like that's a bottom, yeah. You're like here's I'm here's fair. the bottom triplet. You know, like that's a bottom thing that. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you want to play drums in a rock band, you're gonna learn a John Bonham lick somewhere, or you're going to accidentally play one at some point. Yeah, exactly. It's just uh, inherently in the. Or you're probably not in a rock band. And again, yeah, <laughs> right. If you're not, if you're not gonna, like, <laughs> exactly. Um, one of the other things, if we're just talking about Bonham, is. And this goes for like all of Zeppelin, but seeing them be sort of like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing uh, I've ever seen. Like, how could he possibly do this? Like, what's the what's the live show that's super famous that they did? Um, Song remains the, the same. One. Or how Song the remains the same. Song I think. Yeah. The, the movie, the, one, the yeah. concert film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Song remains the same. 
So he does this like solo, like that show is really, really good. And on top right. of its game, he does the solo with two congas and it's like freaking crazy and amazing. And I like remember where I was when I watched that when I was mm-hmm. 16, just like mm-hmm. blew my head out of my ass. And then I started doing like deep dives on Zeppelin, getting really, yep. really into it and saw like, yep. there's so many bad Zeppelin shows. And I feel like I've talked yeah. to Henry about this too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's like, you there's see as many old bad ones as there are good ones. Yeah, And they're so good, and there's like, holy shit, like this is like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And then you see ones where you're like, dude, the whole band is drunk, and like they yeah. can half them, you know, can't get into stuff. And uh, Right, yeah. For as legend as they are, it's cool, you know, in a sense to go like, oh, they had a bad show too, they're human or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They had a lot of them, like... Like man, you get into like some of the later years, and it's like uh, there there is this funny compilation on YouTube that somebody made, and and they said it, it was like worst guitar solos ever, or something, and it's all of Jimmy Page's bad guitar solos, <laughs> and you're looking at it. It literally sounds like a shreds video, like, and I love Jimmy Page, like. Everybody knows I love you. Yeah, don't get me wrong. This is yeah, like exactly. This is I don't want to go out <laughs> after talking about all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it, but it's, it literally sounds, it legitimately sounds like somebody did a shreds video and it's the actual guitar solos from like a really bad <laughs> Zeppelin show that Jimmy Page did. And it was like, man, it was like for all the great shows they did, there were, you know, at least one bad show that they, that they did as well, especially towards, you know, the, the last couple of years of their career uh, as a band, at least. Yeah. You could really see it go from like, <clears throat> like, young to old and the older yeah. ones were the ones that started getting worse where everyone right. started getting drunker and more addicted right. to drugs and all that you know right the the other stuff starts to take hold yep hey andrew um you said you remember this where were you what was the time frame when you saw song remains the same by led zeppelin oh so this is fun i was time. at my friend matt machado's house which is uh matt machado is a friend of the band we stay with him every time we're in nice. oregon um and he's like, check this out. And we were both into like punk rock. And I, my parents are like 60s parents. So I, I was super into the Beatles and I didn't know anything about Led Zeppelin, right? Like anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you, you have to watch this. And he shows me the drum solo on Song Remains the Same. And I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> How can someone do this? You know what I mean? Like it was just so, he's just so concentrated and then he, like, all this stuff is, like, really difficult vocabulary. You know what I mean? So, um, and I was really into drums at that point when I was 16. Like, I was into prog rock and playing, like, yeah. in metal and stuff. So, the the level of musicianship translated really well to go, like, holy shit, this guy is, like, on another planet. Like, good. Yeah. And I just was, like, blown away. And I was a punk rock kid who didn't give a shit about any of this kind of stuff, you know? So... Especially his dynamics too. That's another thing for a rock drummer to be able to like on that solo, especially he does like the super quiet, like mm-hmm. hand sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. then he gets into the, just like blistering so loud slamming. It's like, yeah, I, yeah, I think of just yeah. the, the, the breakneck pace, just <laughs> triplet thing where he's like, going like <laughs> and it's like, he just keeps getting faster and faster and hitting them harder and harder and harder. And it's like, it sounds like the world is going to explode and the earth is going to open up and just like, <laughs> no, <laughs> this is too much drums. <laughs> I got to rewatch is that. A, is, is that concert film? Is that when they're like playing pool 
Then like the guy's head's head explodes yes. or something. Yes. Yeah. That's with those little, there are those little uh, vignettes throughout the thing yeah. where they do these yeah. little, little adventures into each band members sort of like internal personality, yeah. which was, you know, it was interesting. It was very seventies. Um, I remember watching that movie for the first time. Yeah, I think sure. I was, I, I think I had just started playing guitar. Uh, I was maybe 13 or 14. And I remember the same thing, just watching, you know, obviously being really in guitar and watching Jimmy Page and his cool, like silk, you know, outfit with the dragons on it. And it was all black. And he was wearing the, you know, the sunburst Les Paul and playing it with a bow. And like, I just remember just being yep. totally just like, I did the same thing. I, I saw that movie and I was like, I want to know everything there is to know about this band. I want to know all the records. I want to listen to everything. <laughs> I want to know everything about Jimmy Page and you know, what, what was this guitar? What was this guitar? What guitar did he use for this? Like everything. And what did he listen to? And totally pulled me into that universe. Yeah. Warren, do you remember when you saw that for the first time? Um, same. I don't remember when I saw it the first time, but I do vividly remember the first chart that I've ever read. The first legit piece of like, here's a thing of music was the sheet music for the drums for stairway to heaven. And I remember working on that. It was like three pages or something. And like you had talked about it earlier, but that was such a big, important thing for me. And that was probably right around the same time that I was watching that, that DVD. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of those things that you would just have on your, on your player. And it was just like, you would just turn on the TV and just, it would just play over and over. And I would walk in the room, walk out of the room. Like it was just, constantly on and yeah that was like yeah it was just like on loop there's a couple like those old classic rock and roll dvds Mm -hmm. like some of the old beatles the anthology stuff we used to watch all the time too but yeah it was that song remains the same and how the west was one it was like oh this is this is easy you just put it on and just let it fucking play five times over and Mm -hmm. you could watch it five times differently and it was fucking awesome and i i remember like i even had like friends who were i mean this may sound funny but like friends who weren't musicians who were like just as obsessed with how intense they were playing you know and like obviously like people who don't play music can be just as big of fans but i always thought like Oh, like, well, I'm a drummer. Like, nobody can be as obsessed with like John mm-hmm. Bonham as I can. <laughs> yeah. Like, I actually want to go and do this. And I remember yeah. I had friends who like were going ape shit over all that sort of stuff. And it was yeah. cool to be like, it's just so transcendent. It's like you don't it, you don't even have to be a drummer to like just go crazy for that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then and then and then everything that we say about John Bonham is like you know the same for each member of that band. Like, what right. a crazy lineup and then you know that's a whole other a whole you yeah, we, that's we a whole do a other podcast on each member right. and yeah. do like Just, five yeah. <laughs> easily robert yeah. john Red talks about led zeppelin for five hours <laughs> yeah we could probably do that like honestly no joke like i'm this is like the, this is like the teeniest teeniest tip of the iceberg right now this conversation it's like we can yeah, go it's down like, how deep do we want to go? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, are we going to talk about his birthday? It turned into our topic anyways, but it's cool because right. we all have a lot to say. Right. But yeah. uh, if you didn't think we were influenced by Led Zeppelin at all, you're probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> if you didn't think every rock and roll band you've ever heard, except maybe the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Right. Yeah. Even them. Even, yeah. Yeah. 
So Do just to be clear, that, yeah. the, the one that I'm talking about is How the West Was Won. Oh, the live, uh, oh. C, like the live album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're similar solos, but this one specifically is yes. the one I remember watching when I was 16. Moby Dick. Yeah, it's the yeah, Moby but, Dick solo. Yeah, that one's insane. And they were never, it, it was like, you know when people like uh, sort of know what they're doing? They know like where they're going and stuff like that. So the solos are sort of similar. It's all the same kind of stuff. Right. But uh, like, and they hit all the same moments, but they're just sort of improvised too. Right. Yeah. And guess what? If you guys want to see or hear some of these Led Zeppelin-esque qualities come out in our music, you can come see us live in the flesh at some of our upcoming shows that we have in Southern California, which include our return to the cliff in Laguna Beach this Friday, the 4th, which is a big show for us. And then even bigger than that is also our return to the Wayfair on June 12th. Um, we cannot wait to go back there and play. And uh, what else we what else we got go- coming up? I know we're playing Old World Huntington at the end of the month as well. Um, but our biggest show pretty much is right now is we're going to focus on the Wayfair. It's definitely going to be a... Uh, we're going to try to do something special at that show. It's just a special venue for us. And we got Eric Roebuck opening the night. It's going to be a great time at a classic venue for us. Don't miss it. Woo! Woo. We got <laughs> Very true. new record stuff coming out pretty soon. We have some cool announcements to make this month. So you'll definitely hear something about the new record this month. Yeah. This month is going to be a big month. We got some cool shit coming out. And if you want to track us, our live music, obviously you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, all of our shows are um, on Bands in Town and Songkick. So uh, if you want to track us, that is the easiest way to catch all of our live dates. Go on there, sign up. It shoots you an email whenever we're playing near you. It works great. Yeah. And, and sure. also go go watch Led Zeppelin's Yeah. Go Live listen DVDs to Led Zeppelin and watch watch the Led Zeppelin. The same. DVD. How the West was won. I need Great to go. I need to go bench. look at that because I have that DVD somewhere. The Led Zeppelin DVD, which has that awesome solo on it. I got to I got to go find, find the one. bad stuff. The bad stuff is the really great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know like which ones. You just find live shows, and I'm like, uh, like uh, probably like. 78 look for 77 78 79. yeah 77 yeah 77 and 79 are where there's some really bad stuff starts to get loose yeah <laughs> or let's right. yep stay safe Peace get out, guys thank we'll you we'll see you next week be good to each other and get wrecked